beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. We are in the third episode of the Nitty Gritty series. All right, and we've been looking at the book of Mark, how that if you believe, all things are possible. You know, it's just important to stay with that scripture. To him that believeth, all things are possible. To him that believeth. It was Mark 9 and verse 23 that has been our anchor scripture. And last week, I took us um, into um, verse 22, all right, and where the conversation was, Lord, if you can do anything, okay, and Jesus responded and said, if you can believe anything, all right, so I told you last week that the, the, the weight is not on whether God can do anything, it is about whether you can believe for anything. Glory, hallelujah. All right, so that's where we've been. And today, I'm going to do a two-part teaching. So this is part one, Big Crazy Dreams 1. Big Crazy Dreams 1. Next week, we will have Big Crazy Dreams 2. So in Big Crazy Dreams 1, I'm going to lay a foundation, which I will build on, on Big crazy in big crazy dreams two okay so this is big crazy dreams part one now the conversation this morning is highly extreme like literally highly extreme don't worry you you see what i'm saying in a bit all right the conversation is extreme like I mean, I, I, I wish you could see my face right now. It's extreme conversation right now, all right? And it is going to bless you out of your socks. Now, in this episode, all right, what we are doing in this episode is to lay the foundation, all right, for big, crazy dreams. Remember, Jesus already said, if you can believe, all things are possible to you. So my response to that is, all right, to go wild. I mean, let's go crazy, all right? That would be my response to that. Do you understand? If you can believe, so I'm not going to put a hinge on, on anything that God is able to do in my life. And so what we want to do this morning is to lay the foundation for big, crazy dreams. This is really going to bless you. Now, the, the, so as we begin this conversation this morning, I want you to realize that it is very important to fix your believing, all right? Your believing has to be fixed. Now, in fixing your believing, there are quite a lot of things that were introduced to us, all right, that we, that we bought into that are not the truth. Okay, but obviously people bought into these things, but they are not the truth. And so what we are going to be doing today, because you see, 
there must be no wrong there must be no wrong impression in your heart about your father's commitment towards you all right there will be no big crazy dreams if there is any faulty impression in your heart about your father's commitment towards you so what i am on a journey to fix this morning is to fix you know all of the crevices all right like the faulty foundations that might be the basis of you know people not being able to believe crazy things or being able to you know enter into that big crazy idea that god has for them so we want to fix a lot of these things this morning as we lay the foundation for next week when we will enter into big crazy dreams part two all right so i'm starting this morning please note in your in your bible or in your notes rather i want you to just write mark 9 23 okay i want you to write that in your in your notes mark 9 23 if you can believe anything is possible just write that in your notes if i can believe all things are possible just write that okay that's where we are flowing from today so now you would imagine therefore that if a person can believe all right there is a big life that god has designed for you and i okay but there are certain subtle ideas certain subconscious ideas that may sit in the crevices of a person's heart that might try to hinder them from coming into this place of absolute belief all right and that's what we are dealing with this morning so the second scripture you're going to write is Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse 4. This is going to be a very interesting session that I don't want anybody to miss out on. Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse 4. Look at what it says. It says, hear, O Israel, listen, O Israel. The King James says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I want you to type there, one Lord. I want you to type one Lord. I want you to write that down, one Lord. The Lord your God is one Lord, one Lord. The Lord your God is one Lord. Now, the understanding of this simple text that I have just put before you is so critical for big crazy dreams. Okay, the understanding of this simple text that I have just put before you is so critical for you to enter into big crazy dreams. So pay attention to it. It says here, O Israel. Now, this is the Shema. Alright, it is like they are called to worship. Oh, Pentecostal la fate. This is Israel's call to worship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is their call to worship. And the call to worship is the oneness of our Lord. The oneness of our Lord. 
Now, that oneness means integral. I want you to please write that down. One there means integral. Okay? I want you to understand this. So, I want you to realize that the call to worship to Israel, the call to response for Israel is to the oneness of our Lord. That God is not dual-faced. He's not dual-faced. He, he's not a... He's not schizophrenic. Do you understand? He's not a schizophrenic Lord. He is one Lord. Now, that, that word one is integral. In other words, God does not have, he does not have multiple personality disorder. God does not have a happy side and an angry side. Oh, this will bless you today, oh. <laughs> God does not have a happy face and a sad face. All right? God does not have a good face and a bad face. God does not have a waking up on the right side of the bed kind of experience and a waking up on the wrong side of the bed kind of experience. Just follow this. So, just follow this. All right? The Lord, our God, is one Lord. In other words, integral. In other words, he has, he does not have multiple personality disorders. God does not have dual natures in the sense that he is good today and then he is bad tomorrow. He is righteous today and he is unrighteous tomorrow. No, he is one integral Lord. Very important that you understand this. Now, you know, many times you've been given the impression, right? And I'm going to use an illustration here, all right? So you've been given the impression that as a new believer, all right, that when you come into Christ newly for the first time, okay, he answers you sweetly when you pray, all right? When you pray, he answers immediately, all right? But as you grow older and as you become mature, all right, God begins to slow down in responding to you because he wants to teach you to trust him. Now, that is a schizophrenic God. That is a multiplicity disorder God. All right, now the Bible says that the Lord our God is one Lord. So if you follow this illustration, and all of you know, a lot of you know that you have heard this said to you, all right, many times in the, in the Christian circle. All right, that as, as a child, as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a new believer, okay, God answers you quickly because he's trying to lure you. He's trying to pull you in. But after you begin to mature, all right, all right, then he begins to slow down in responding to you. So the question I want to ask you is that if this is the picture of your God, will you want to mature? <laughs> Is maturity going to become attractive to you? Since maturity is symbolized with suffering. You understand? When I was a baby, he pampered me. Now that I am an adult, all right, he's no longer pampering me, all right, because I'm now an adult. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, you see, this is the reason why maturity doesn't look sweet to people, all right? They would rather be babes. They would rather remain babies. Do you understand? They, they prefer to be babies because of the misrepresentation of the oneness of our Lord, all right? They would rather remain as children because my mother did not give birth to a fool. 
what is the attraction to maturity if the attraction to maturity is the harshness of our god how does maturity look sweet if maturity is characterized by harshness characterized by delay in hearing characterized by delay in answering stay here or you will be blessed today all right if maturity is characterized by now you have to learn to trust me even when the answer is silence all right even if you don't see me and you don't hear me know that i am with you know that i am even if i am silent now guess what that is a the picture of a schizophrenic god not the picture of a one lord are you getting what i'm saying now so the question to ask ourselves is who we want to mature under this kind of circumstance all right who we want to mature when you are presented with a god that have has this kind of character traits all right so the the, the scripture we have started with today that leads us into experiencing possibilities is the understanding that the lord your god is one lord now i told you that this is the call to worship for the children of israel they are called to worship a one lord not a schizophrenic lord that can change at any time i mean he can just change on you glory to god so i want you to write this down god is one god is integral he is one glory to god he cannot be one thing to one person and become something else to another all right, so he responds swiftly to one person because he's a new believer. Then he's something else to another because he's an old believer. Why? Because he's trying to teach the other one a lesson. No, 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 no. Now, you see, you and I get the impression from wrong teaching that if you know more about God, all right, the more you know about God, the more stripes that you are flogged with. All right? The more you know about him, the more stripes that you receive. You understand? The more mature you are, the more responsible you are. So here's the idea that he paints before you of God. That when you are coming into salvation, it is, ah, you are loved unconditionally. Come home. Come home. You know, you are loved without any reservation. Just go ahead and come home. Go ahead and come home. Now that you have accepted the invitation to come home, love has ceased. Responsibility has started. The devil is a liar. Listen, when you come home, all right, the love of God does not cease, even though responsibility is given. Do you understand? Listen, it is that you are loved to become responsible. I get what I'm saying. So the picture, the wrong picture of a schizophrenic God, of a God who has multiple personality disorder, is that when you when he's luring you home, all right, he's luring you with love. Now that you have come home, he has brought out his stripes, you know, now. So, so what, one of the impressions that we get from wrong teaching is that if you know more in God, the more you know in God, all right, the more stripes that you are flogged with. In fact, in many circles, right, growth is characterized with hardship. Growth is characterized, all right, with, with, with hardness. You know, how do we know a person who is growing is a person who can endure suffering? 
Do you understand? So the suffering that was not presented to you before you came is now the suffering that is being presented to you now that you are in. Nobody feeding on this kind of lie can ever dare to do big crazy dreams. Nobody feeding on this kind of lie will ever be equipped all right with the kind of audacity with the kind of consciousness that it takes to birth big and crazy things i don't know if you understand what i am saying glory to god you know the impression that they give you is that the closer you are to god's glory the closer you are to god's glory the closer you are to suffering you understand because glory for many is is recognizable by suffering all right before you came home you used to enjoy the good life you know you used to enjoy life now that you are now in the glory you are now very serious you don't have a life anymore you're now very serious you don't wear good shoes anymore you don't wear good clothes anymore all right you have to carry your hair on made for several months you have to not look good do you understand because nearness to the glory is abandonment nearness to the glory is tatteredness you know so many people will be so shocked when they get to heaven at the elaborateness of our father's goodness at the elaborateness of our father's mercy but guess what brothers and sisters i am not hoping and waiting that you get to heaven to find out what's already yours in christ jesus on earth all right god is not interested in you finding more about him when you get to heaven when you can know a lot about him now that you are on earth is somebody hearing what i am saying this morning glory to god so the question i want to ask you is that if the glory of god is characterized by suffering answer me honestly will you want to know god's glory under those circumstances are you going to want to mature under those circumstances if the circumstances presented to you of maturity is hardship tell me honestly if you're going if if that maturity is going to look good on you no wonder people are very comfortable with remaining babes because if i'm a babe i can continue to get milk i can continue to get cerelac i can continue to get baby baby powder i can continue to get all of those things but which one is a maturity that does not come with care what is a maturity that does not come with pampering what kind of maturity is this that does not come with compassion what kind of maturity is this that does not come with care the devil is a liar he sold the wrong stuff to people a long time but by the spirit of god we are breaking those holds by the spirit of god we are breaking those holds god does not stop loving you even though he wants you to be responsible no it is loving responsibility in other words he loves you and then you have responsibilities oh glory hallelujah so we, you know we tell the sinner all right that god loves you unconditionally and he cannot wait for you to come home no matter what you have done that's what we tell the sinner then when you come home and god all right has seen that you have come home god changes from loving you unconditionally you know because that unconditional love was supposed to be a bait to bring you home now his love all right was a trap do you understand because he was trying to trap you into seriousness he was trying to trap you into being serious i get you what i'm saying so that he can show you his real color 
Do you understand? He he used his love as a bait, all right, to show you his real color. No, 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 brothers and sisters, the Lord our God is one Lord. Glory, glory, hallelujah. If he's loving yesterday, he's loving today. He's loving tomorrow. He's one Lord. He doesn't have multiple personalities. Glory, hallelujah. This reality must sink into your consciousness if you're going to do big stuff in this world. This reality must enter into your consciousness if you're going to do great things in this world. He's one Lord. He's not two. He's not multiple. He's one Lord. One Lord. One good Lord. Hallelujah. One gracious Lord. Hallelujah, one kind Lord. Hallelujah, one faithful Lord. Hallelujah, one everlasting good Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I am saying this morning? Glory to God. The Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah, one Lord. One integral Lord. Glory to God, one integral Lord. Glory, hallelujah. The Lord our God is love at the beginning and then he's love at all times. Glory to God. He loves you at the beginning to bring you home and then he keeps loving you now that you are home. He does not love you to bring you home and then change on you, switch up on you alright, from zero to hundred real quick. No, that's not who God is. If he's love at the beginning, he's love in between and he's love all the way to the end. Can somebody, I want somebody somebody who is hearing me to type in that comment section the lord our god is one lord he's one lord he's one lord one integral lord oh thank you precious jesus so god is love at the beginning and then he's love at all times i don't know if you understand what i'm saying he's love at the beginning his love at all times. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Now listen to this. So under the old covenant, all right, God was love without a covenant. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. God is love at all times. Listen, God loved mankind without a covenant. Even when there was no covenant, he loved mankind. Today, God loves you within a covenant. The covenant that God loves you within compels him to be gracious and kind to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So he's gracious and kind to you. Nobody who has a schizophrenic identity of God, all right, a schizophrenic identity of God will be settled enough to do any big things. So, he that believes, all things are possible to the one who believes. Listen to this. It is important that you start the conversation, hallelujah, from knowing that the Lord your God is one Lord. Now, I said this before, that God loved us when we were without a covenant. Today, God loves you within a covenant. Now, the love of God within the covenant is sweeter. Is sweeter. Do you understand? So without anything binding between you and I, I loved you unconditionally. Now that there's actually something binding. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. There's now a blood that is binding between you and your Savior. There's now a contract that is binding between you and your Savior. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus entered into a covenant with his father and now you are loved within i want you to write that down i am loved within the covenant i am loved within the covenant glory hallelujah god loves me within the covenant and the love of god within the covenant 
is sweeter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, you know, many believers used to be happier until they grew up. Many believers used to be more excitable, more happier. Many believers used to be happier until they grew up. When they grew up, they lost their, they grew up in maturity in Christ and they lost their sense of happiness. You know why? It was the presentation of a multiple personality God that is not one. I get what I'm saying. Listen, listen, listen. So these ideas need to be pulled down. The ideas that God can be good today and bad tomorrow, they need to be pulled down. If you are going to enter into big, crazy dreams. You see, the ideas, the wrong ideas about your father will need to be pulled down. If you're going to turn loose your imagination and dream, write it down. The wrong ideas of who God is will have to be constructively pulled down. If you are going to turn loose your imagination, let's put it like, like this. The right ideas about who God is, that he is one Lord, will need to be installed in your consciousness if you're going to turn loose your imagination and your dream. Listen, we are loved within the covenants. We are loved within the parameters of the covenant. The power of God is upon this. We are loved within the parameters of the covenant. This is a God who has decided not to change his mind. You know, many people know, you know, so I've given you those impressions. When you were a younger believer, your prayers were answered one time. Because he was encouraging you. He was encouraging you. Now that you are now more mature, he's saying, trust me. Trust me. No, no, no. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And believers must settle. He's either he's the same angry God yesterday, today, and forever. Or he's the same happy God yesterday, today, and forever. We must settle this. Once and for all, you have to settle this in your heart. Glory to God forevermore. Oh, glory to God forevermore. So the first thing I wanted to install in your mind, in your consciousness, is that the Lord our God is one Lord. So imagine this right now. Just imagine this. That on the way to big crazy dreams, on the way to believing that anything is possible, number one is your revelation of the oneness of God. That he's not multi-faced, he's not multiplicity disorders, he's not any of those things. He's one God, one, 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 one. Same good God to you, same faithful God to you, same through the ages, never changes, never turns. Glory, hallelujah, one God, one Lord, one Lord. I, I wish you would hear this in your spirit all through the week, all through the month. He's one Lord to me, one kind Lord to me, one good shepherd to me, one faithful king to me, one righteous savior to me, one holy God to me. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Now, number two. So the first thing I said, he's one Lord. Number two. This is on your way to big crazy dreams. Number two. I want you to take note of this. Number two. Very important. Let's turn our Bibles to Romans chapter number three. 
and verse 23 to 24. This is number two on the way to big crazy dreams. Glory, hallelujah. Number two, look at what it says here. Romans 3, 23 and 24. I want you to really pay attention to this. Is somebody being blessed by this already? Is somebody being blessed by this already? Romans 3, 23 to 24. Look at what it says. Romans 3, 23 and 24. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. You know the problem many times. People stop at 23. But you see that 23, I'm going to highlight it to you today. Hey, hey. Matunesi Paiko. I'm going to highlight that 23 to you today. But before we do that, turn your Bibles to Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Glory to God. Now, we all know that scripture. It says, Arise, shine, right? For your light is come. Arise, glory to God, shine, for your light is come. Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Okay? The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now, I've told you before that Isaiah is a messianic savior, there's a messianic prophet, and he's pointing to a day, a time in the future when this is going to happen. I don't need to tell you that we are living in that time, all right? But let's let's go back to Romans 3 and verse 23. I want to draw some things out of this, all right? Listen, so it says, for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Now, please stay, pay attention to this. The glory of God is one misunderstood concept. It's one of the most misunderstood concepts, all right, in, in the world. The glory of God is not smoke. The glory of God is not goosebumps. The glory of God is not, um, is not mist. No, 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 no. So we're going to fix that this, this morning. The glory of God is not smoke. The glory of God is not the hair on your back standing. The glory of God is not a shuri mama, shuri mama. No, no, no. That's not the glory of God. A misunderstanding of the glory of God will not allow people to bring out possibilities. So you've got to understand this. Now listen to this. The Bible says that all have sinned and are falling short of the glory of God. Listen to this. So, in other words, what man lost when Adam fell was not good behavior. <laughs> what man lost when Adam fell was not good behavior. What happened was a glory that was lost. Please pay attention to this. So, man did not lose good behavior. Man did not lose morality. It was not morality that was at stake. It was the fact that all have sinned and fell from the glory. Do you know what? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? Man was in glory, in the glory of God. 
and then fell out of the glory of God. That's what is in contention here. So the next time you are thinking about whether I've done good or not done good, you are reducing the narrative to something your finite mind can understand. Because it's not about who did good or who has not done good. It is that there's a glory and there's a falling short of the glory of God. This is what has happened. So man fell short. The conversation in contention here is a falling short of glory. The next time somebody wants to brag about how they've not drank in 15 months, I want you to remind them that it is glory that man fell short of. It's not a drinking problem. It's not a smoking problem. It's not a womanizing problem. It is a glory falling short of problem. <laughs> now hear me and hear me real good. Because this might rattle your thinking. But hear me real good. So think about this, yeah? You know that many people actually have very good home training. I mean, very nice home training. Lovely home training. I mean, a brother who, 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 who has been trained to be cute towards sisters. So he, he opens the door for you. I get what I'm saying. He's a good guy. Never, never lied, never stolen, never ran around with them that do. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. Before you ask, he has opened the door. You know, there are some brothers that before they, before they even think about whether the lady is fine, they've jumped into the car. You know, let's assume it's one car that is available. They've not even considered whether the lady is going, ladies first what? Ladies first what? Which ladies first? They've jumped inside front seat, entered seat belt straight up. But there are some other brothers who know how to treat ladies. They open the door for you. They close the door for you. They talk nicely. They don't curse. They don't run around with them that do. And then you would be forced to think that it was good behavior that was missing. Oh, look at this nice guy. Look at this wonderful brother. Look, in fact, as I'm talking, some sisters' heads, are, you know, you know they, are, they are going like, ha pastor, how do you know that this is what I'm looking for in my life like this, as I am like this? Oh, I'm just looking for some pampering. Now, here's what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. You can have somebody who is who has good home training, all right? Who has good home training, who was raised well, raised to never lie, raised to never steal. But the conversation is that men have fallen short of the glory of God. It was a falling short of the glory of God that happened. It was not a behavior problem that, that needed to be fixed. It was a position problem that needed to be solved. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why did man fall from the glory of God? Now, I told you, I said the glory of God is one of the most misunderstood concepts in the world. Because people think the glory of God is, you know, smoke and, and, and light and goosebumps. No, that's not the glory of God. Please write this down. God's glory actually flows from God's holy. <laughs> the glory of God actually flows from the holiness of God. So look at how it works. It is God is holy within. Then that holiness within translates into glory without. So it is holy that translates into glory. In other words, God is not a man separate from men. Do you understand? 
It is that holiness that translates into gloriness, gloriness, if there's a word like that, on the outside. Do you understand? So the holiness of God actually flows, all right, the glory of God actually flows from the holiness of God. The fact that God is set aside, that God is separate from men, that God is not a man, is what makes him holy. And it is out of his holiness that glory flows. Do you understand what I'm saying? So holy is what translates into glory. Do you understand? So glory is not a function of people's feelings or a function of people's imagination. It's actually a function of the holiness of God. So there is no glory without holy. It is because God is holy. That's why he is glorious. Hey, yeah. hey. thank you, dear Lord Jesus. So here's the idea now. What man fell from was the glory of God. Now look at verse 24. It says, all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Now listen to me. Listen to me. So all sin fell short. Now all have been justified and restored to the glory. Look at that word redemption. All right? The word redemption there is redeemed. You know, many times we actually don't understand that redeemed is actually two words put together. It's re and deemed. So just imagine for a moment that you take away the re, put deemed there. Deemed is to evaluate. Deemed is to value. I get what I'm saying. Deemed is to, I deemed it fits. You understand? you know to reach out to this person so deemed is a state of recognition deemed is a state of restoration it's a it's to put the value back that was lost i get what i'm saying to put the regard back that was not there so god deemed you to be to be redeemable do you understand he deemed you hallelujah after jesus paid the price god has deemed you I don't know if you understand. God has deemed you. You have been redeemed. It is actually from the deem that you were re. So the re happened because he deemed you already. He bought you back. Brought you into the glory. So now, you are now back in the glory of God. Then Isaiah, looking into the future, says, There is a people who will arise and shine. For their light is come. And that the glory of God is risen upon them. So the question to ask, the multi-million dollar question to ask is, what is the glory of God? What is the glory of God? Now before I answer that question, because I have an interesting retinue of answers for you. Before I answer that question, what is the glory of God? Say this with me. Say, I am holy within and I am glorious without. You see, because God bought you back, made you holy, and, and made you holy, and now he has made you glorious. So it is holiness within, glorious without. Now, what is the glory of God? I'm going to answer that question. Now, I want, to, I want you to write this down before I answer that question. All right? Write this down. Let's look at Isaiah 28 and verse 16. And then I'm going to show you a couple of things. Isaiah 28 and verse 16. It says, Therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, 
a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Listen, I lay in Zion a stone, a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. I'm showing you what to build crazy dreams on. I'm giving you foundations to build crazy dreams on. Big crazy dreams must be built on a foundation. You can't build big crazy dreams on emptiness. You cannot build big crazy dreams on nothing. To you who is in Christ Jesus, listen, there has to be your foundation fixed. Otherwise, nothing will be possible to you. You know, Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believe it. You have to believe. Do you understand? That and fix the foundation of your believing for things to be possible to you. Now look at what he says. He says, he that believes shall not make haste, will not act in a hurry. Why? Because you have come to the place of believing. The foundation has been fixed. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're fixing foundations. <laughs> foundations of the oneness of our Lord. Foundation of what it means to be in the glory of God. Now write some things down before I, before I jot things down so that you can take things away. <laughs> write some things down. Eating is believing. Eating is believing. Believing is eating. Eating is believing. And then believing is breathing. I want you to write that down. So what you are eating is determining what you are believing. And if you are believing, you will be eating. And if you are believing, you will start to birth. So eating is believing. Believing is eating. When you eat well, you will bet well. Now listen, the first point of calamity in people's lives is when something begins to affect their diet. The first point of calamity in a person's life is when something begins to affect their diet. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you start to give your ear to things that, that are not in sync with who the Father is, in sync with some of the things that I'm sharing with you now, then you are creating problem for yourself. Now, somebody will say to me, right? Somebody will say to me that, okay, when I was a child, when I was a baby Christian, all right, I had to be careful with what I was eating. Now that I am now mature, I can eat anywhere. Let me tell you, let me tell you, the things you're eating will soon become, will soon be reflected in your speech. What you are feeding on. So suddenly you hear a person who is a believer start to say, it's like I'm not good enough. It's like there's something missing. Something is missing in my life. I'm not good enough. You know, I am not faithful enough. I am not holy enough. Go and check their diets. Now, do you know the funny thing? People think that now that I'm mature, I can now eat anywhere. It's like saying, now that I'm an adult, I can now eat poison. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you are not allowed to feed on poison because you are mature. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, your feeding is believing. The diet you are feeding on, I told you just now, that the first point of calamity in people's lives is when something begins to affect their diet. This thing that I'm showing you now, this thing that I'm teaching you now, is the diet for champions. Hallelujah. You feed 
on the truth about who the Father is to you. You feed on his holiness. You feed on his righteousness. Oh, glory, hallelujah. So now let's answer that multi-million dollar question. Glory to God. Are you being blessed by this? Is somebody being blessed by this? Let's answer that multi-million dollar question. Listen, and let me say it again. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. What was in contention was not people's good behavior. What was in contention was not whether a young gentleman can open the door for a lady or not, whether she's courteous or not, whether he's courteous or not. What was in contention was not people's moral standing and moral position. What was in contention is that people fell. They fell short of the glory of God. So it was a restoration to the glory of God that Jesus came to accomplish. So for you to function in the glory, you have to know what the glory of God is. Glory, hallelujah. You have to know what the glory of God is. You cannot function in a glory that you don't know. A glory that is not defined cannot be enjoyed. So if you don't know the glory of God or what the glory of God is, you, you know, we just say glory to God. The glory of God is here. What is the glory of God? What is it that man fell short of that Jesus came to restore us to? What is the glory of God that, that Isaiah said, arise and shine for your light is come and the glory of God is risen upon you? Is a multi-million dollar question that needs to be answered. Because listen, big crazy dreams actually flow from understanding this. So let's turn our Bibles to a depiction of the glory of God. In Ezekiel chapter number 1 from verse 4 to 10. Kai, this is coming together real nicely. I'm just loving how it's going. Ezekiel chapter number 1. Verse is 4 to 10. So this is Ezekiel's vision. And when you read, you will be able to answer whether this is glory or not. So let's look at it. Glory to God. It says, And I looked, and behold, a wild wind came out of the north, a great cloud, and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it. And out of the mist thereof, as the color of amber, out of the mist of the fire. So, God is revealing something. This is, this is a picture of the glory of God. Let's continue. Also, out of the mist thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. So, it tells you that these four living creatures are important in understanding what the glory of God means. It says, and their appearance, all right, and, and this was their appearance. So, let me read verse 5 again. Also, out of the mist thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. So, the first thing you're going to see there, please write that down, the appearance of a man, all right? And everyone had four faces, and everyone had four wings, and their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a cow's foot, 
and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. And they had the hands of a man under their wings, on their four sides. And they had four, and they four had their faces and their wings. Verse 9. Their wings were joined one to another. They turned not they turned not when they went. They went everyone straight forward. Verse 10. Look at this. As for the likeness of their faces. Look at this. This is powerful. They therefore had the face of a man. So, number one, the face of a man. They therefore had the face of a lion. So, the face of a lion on the right side. And then the face of an ox on the left side. Therefore, also had the face of an eagle. Now, when you're looking at this, you're going to think this is a monster. You're going to be thinking to yourself, this has to be a monster that is being described here. I mean, how can he have four faces? Do you understand? No, but God is showing you something. If you look at verse 4, he came out of the mist. He came, there was brightness. There was, there was great cloud. There was all of those things. And then God is showing what glory looks like. Hey. Woo, I like it. I like it. Do you like it? I like it. Glory to God. So we see four faces. In fact, some of your Bibles actually have the cherubs. All right. So the cherub, which is a symbol of the glory of God, has four faces. He has a face of a man. So please write it down. The face of the man. Alright, has to do with soul. Please write it down. Soul. Then comma redemption. Then comma compassion. So man's soul is redeemed. Glory hallelujah. The soul of the man is redeemed. And then compassion is installed. This is God's picture of glory. This is what glory looks like. Please understand this. So the face of a man has to do with the soul of a man being redeemed and compassion being installed. Listen, you cannot bet big crazy dreams without compassion for this world. Compassion for this world. Compassion for people. Compassion. Businesses must be born out of compassion. And you get what I'm saying? Culture will be shifted out of compassion. If a man loses his compassion, he's lost the glory of God. But Jesus came to restore you to the glory of God. Pay attention to this. Compassion. Glory to God. Compassion. The man's soul is redeemed. Compassion is installed. You will not be able to do anything big for the Lord without compassion in your heart. There has to be compassion. Listen, I'm not talking about power. Power without compassion is useless. Power without compassion is useless. Because here's what's going to happen. In fact, listen, knowledge without compassion is useless. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to show the people all that they don't know. You're going to tell the people all that they do not have. You're going to tell the people all that they have done to fall short. But you have no compassion to help them. 
You see, this is why God is different from men. I told you, he's one Lord. He's different from men. Not only does God have all the knowledge and all the wisdom, he has all the compassion. And this is what the enemy is trying to take away from the character of our God. He knows so much, but he doesn't care. He knows so much, but he has no compassion. I get what I'm saying. Now, believers must come to the place where they understand that the glory of God, that man fell short of, that Jesus came to restore us to, is the man's soul redeemed, compassion installed. Brothers and sisters, it is with compassion that we pray for the sick. It is with compassion that we do business. It is with compassion that we build institutions. It is with compassion that we lead nations. It is with compassion that we show people the way. With compassion in our hearts. So how do you know you've been restored to the glory of God? Compassion has been installed. Now listen, I'm not telling you something you are not or something you will become. I'm showing you who you are in Christ Jesus. It is out of compassion that we deliver people. It is out of compassion. Hallelujah. That we lead the way. So, that's the first face of the glory of God. Now, I say face. F-A-C-E. Face. Number two. You see there the face of a lion. Wow. In understanding the glory, there is the face of the lion. Now, what does a lion represent? Write this down, please. Very important. A lion represents authority and dominion. Authority and dominion. Authority and dominion. Write it down. Then you will see another face. It's the face of an ox. The face of the ox represents productivity and great wealth. Productivity and great wealth. The ox face represents enterprise, represents industry, represents great wealth, represents authority. And then the face of an eagle. The face of an eagle represents height represents vision represents dexterity and it represents signs so all four is what is considered to be the glory of god Hiya. now listen in christ jesus brothers and sisters we have all four faces installed now listen here's how it works so the glory of god all right, is what was in the balance all the while. It was the glory of God that man lost. It was not good looks that man lost. It was not good behavior that man lost. It was the glory of God. Now Jesus has come and has restored us back to the glory. It's important to understand what the glory is. Now listen. God wants us to have all four. Now you know a man can have compassion but no authority. A man, listen, I'm going somewhere with this. A man can have productivity, that's the face of the ox, or great wealth, and have no authority. And I'll use an example, all right, to, to show you. So that, you see, the believer should not envy anybody. Now, you see, Steve Jobs, let me ask you a question. I want this to be interactive for a bit. If you are looking at all the four faces... Which of these faces do you think Steve Jobs? How many of you know Steve Jobs, the, the producer of iPhone? Now, which of these faces do you think that Steve Jobs fell into? Of the four, which of the faces do you think he definitely fell into? I want you to just put it down. Which of the faces do you think he fell into? 
all right? So if anybody is paying attention, you know, Steve Jobs obviously fell into the phase of productivity and great wealth. But guess what? No authority. Do you know that, listen, how many of you know what killed Steve Jobs? It was pancreatic cancer, right? Pancreatic cancer. Do you know that that cancerous cell, okay, that cancer, that spirit of infirmity called cancer, is smaller, is, is tinier than all of Steve Jobs' creativity puts together. Hiya. Thank you. Thank you. So that small cancer is, is, is smaller than all of Steve Jobs' creativity puts together. But guess what? It was that small stuff that took out this big man. You know why? The face of the lion was not installed. So without the face of the lion installed, guess what? A man can build such a big empire and then a small demon will take him out. The devil is a liar. Listen, the way it's supposed to be is I have all my four faces up. Jesus has brought me into redemption. All my four faces are up. As I'm walking with the face of the ox, if I need to switch and use the face of the lion, I'll tell you with all authority, you get out of here, you, you demon of cancer. And I come back to the face of an ox. Or I'm ministering to somebody. Let's say I'm caring for somebody. Maybe I'm a caregiver, you know, for, for the elderly. And here is this elderly, all right, who is, um, who, is, who is battling memory loss, for example, all right? And I'm showing compassion. You know, I'm caring for the compassion. I'm, I'm caring for the person. I'm caring for the person. I'm showing compassion to the person. That's my compassion has been installed. Guess what, brothers and sisters? Guess what, brothers and sisters? At some point, I sweet face. And with authority, I curse that, that evil schizophrenia or whatever it is. And I switch back to compassion face. <laughs> this is what glory looks like in, 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 in the last days. This is what the glory of God looks like. Listen, listen. People of God, children of God, God's people with multiple faces multiple faces i can switch at any time i get what i'm saying i have compassion but if compassion is not working i switch to authority and i cast that devil out i have you know the mentality the face of an ox i have my industry and productivity put together but there's also heights glory hallelujah visibility do you know what guess what you can have the the best ideas in the world but no height, no visibility. Nobody knows you. All four is what was restored when Jesus died and was buried and rose again. All four. Now, I want to show you two ideas. All right? In the Bible, listen, in the Bible, there was something called in Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 15, there was a concept called a wise poor man. And then in Luke 12, 16 and 20, there is a concept called the rich fool. Hey! So you have wise poor man. In other words, he has wisdom. He has one face put together. The wisdom there is eagle, eagle eyes. 
So he has one face, but he's broke. No, no dexterity, no enterprise, no productivity, no great wealth. Then you have another case in Luke 12, 16. I just want us to look at those scriptures. Let's turn our Bibles to Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 15. Is somebody being blessed? Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 15. Look at what it says. It says, Now there was found in a poor, there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered the same because he was poor. <laughs> so he had the eagle face installed, but no ox face. No dexterity, no wealth, no industry, no productivity. Guess what? They took his wisdom and they left him broke. Nobody remembered him. Now, look at Luke 12, 16 and 20. Go there quickly. Luke 12, 16 and 20. Luke 12, 16 and 20. I don't want to read from the, the, the message translation because that's what I'm seeing here. Luke 12, 16 and 20. Glory to God. What a day. Luke 12, 16 and 20. It says, And he spake a parable unto them. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Now look at verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool. So he was a rich fool. He was a rich man, but he was foolish. So, he had the face of an ox installed, okay, but he did not have the face, all right? He did not have the face of an eagle installed. Now, listen, in the new creation, Jesus has installed all faces. I have compassion. I have authority and dominion. I have productivity and great wealth. And in the name of Jesus, I have height. I have vision. I have dexterity. Glory, hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what I just showed to you now in showing you the wise poor man and the rich fool is what we call pictures of the fall. So in the fall of man, all right, you can't have all four. You probably have, you see, so I can have, you know, productivity and great wealth. But guess what? One evil devil called cancer will now take somebody out. I just told you that the cancer that took some people out is smaller. It's not up to one-tenth of the pound of their creativity and ingenuity and wisdom. But guess what? Cancer took them out. So there was no authority to say, you cancer, fry in the name of Jesus. There was no authority to say, you diabetes, die in the name of Jesus. There was no authority to say, you, you high blood pressure, disappear in the name of Jesus. With the face of the lion, we have authority and dominion. Listen, we are not just compassionate. We have authority and dominion. And then as we finish switching to authority and dominion, we also bring our, out our productivity and great wealth. I get what I'm saying. We, 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 we bring out our enterprise. We bring out the solutions in our spirits. We, we birth our institutions. Is somebody hearing what I am saying? Stop reducing the glory of God to skirts. Stop reducing the, you know, falling short of the glory of God. Stop reducing it to short skirts and makeup and earring. That one is easy to understand. 
This is the picture of the glory of God. That all faces, all four faces have been installed in Christ Jesus. You are not combating, listen, you are not dealing with a sketch problem. You are not dealing with a sketch problem. You are not dealing with a makeup problem. You understand what I'm saying? You are not dealing with an earring problem. That's not what you are dealing with. What you are dealing with is the restoration of the glory of God in the environment. Listen to what I said. I said, holy within, glory without. Do you understand what I'm saying? So here you are now. You walk in an office. You have all your four faces put together. Now your boss is not a believer. And so you have used compassion. It did not work. Then all of a sudden, you see, because the whole essence of putting you in that space, don't forget, don't be like Esther, and then forget that there was a reason why God put you in that space in the first place. Are you getting what I'm saying? And forget the whole essence of putting you in that place is to restore the kingdom back. So here you have a boss. You have used compassion. Now you have used authority. Maybe his wife got sick. You heard about it. You went there. You healed her. Now the next thing you are using is that at work, you are industrious. You are productive. You are, you are winning employee of the month every year, every month. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they can't do without you. And then guess what? You have heights. You know how to tell them that something is coming. Let's prepare for it. You have height. You have vision. You have visibility. You have sight. You can see. Glory, hallelujah. God has opened your eyes. He has blessed you in Christ Jesus with eyes that see, with ears that hear, with a heart that understands, with perception and discernment. You are not just ordinary. Hi. Then the next thing your boss is saying is, ah, ah wait, come, come. I want to have a conversation with you. Just five minutes. What's going on? Like you are different. What's happening? It's because I have all four faces put together. Listen, that the glory that man lost, Jesus restored. That glory that man lost and fell from, now Jesus has now brought us back by redemption. So now you have your four faces. I want you to type that down. I have my four faces installed in Christ. I have my four faces I have my four faces. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I, I, I have compassion by the power of God's spirit. Glory to God. And I have the face of a lion. Oh, glory to God. I have authority and dominion. I, uh, I speak to sicknesses and diseases and they obey me. Glory to God. I speak to sicknesses and diseases and they obey me. Glory, hallelujah. I have the face of an ox. Oh, glory to God. I am industrious and productive. Oh, glory to God. I have the face of an eagle. Glory to God. I, am, I have height. I have visibility. Glory, hallelujah. I see, I hear, I know, I am led. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we have compassion. And then we can immediately switch to authority. Glory to God. Kaya! I want you to rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Glory to God. Glory to God. I have all my four faces installed. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? I can switch at any time. I can switch at any time. I can move from compassion to authority and dominion. Glory to God. I use compassion to care. I use dominion to change. I care with compassion. I change things with dominion. 
with the speed of dominion, I can cast out devils. I see, you see, let me tell you how, how this is working. You, you see a precious friend that you love. The only problem is that she has multiplicity disorder or she has OCD. Ah. So with compassion, all right, is somebody still hearing what I'm saying? Can somebody hear me? Is somebody hearing me? Is somebody hearing me? I want you to let me know if you can hear me. If it has gone off on your end, I want you to um, refresh. Okay? If it, if it went off on your end, I want you to just refresh. Simply refresh. Glory, hallelujah. If it went off on your end, I want you to just refresh. Just refresh. Glory to God. So I have all four faces. Glory to God. So here's this person that you love. All right? The person now has OCD. So you have compassion. You know, oh, I'm so sorry. Then you switch. I get what I'm saying. I say, you devil of darkness. Come out of her. Come out of him in the name of Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? You use all four faces. Glory to God. This is the demonstration. This is the picture of the glory of God. That nothing is lacking. And you get what I'm saying? Nothing is missing. I use the face of compassion. And then I can switch to authority. And then I can switch to productivity. And then I can switch to height. Height means that nothing catches you unawares. Glory, hallelujah. You have visibility. You see, you know, you are led. Glory to God. You can tell before something happens. You have sensory perception. You have perceptive ability. By the anointing of God's spirit. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Now you see, whenever you hear the glory of God, huh? the next thing you hear is Ichabod. In normal circumstances, I'm going somewhere. In normal parlance, in religious quarters, you hear glory, you hear Ichabod. Now I don't know if any of you know what Ichabod means though. I don't know if you know what Ichabod means. But Ichabod means that the glory has departed. So, you see people want to go for meetings where they say cry for the glory. Run away from those meetings. <laughs> you do not need to cry for the glory. Jesus bled for the glory. You see, they say, we have lost it. Oh, we have missed it. Oh, cry for the glory. Oh, well, for the glory that was once. Ichabod has happened. The glory has departed. Now, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Under the old covenants, uh, in the Old Testament, please pay attention. Oh, in the Old Testament, Ichabod was the slowest state ever. Go and read about Ichabod. It was the slowest state ever. If you want to give an award for the slowest departure in history, it was Ichabod. Look at this thing. Imagine now that you are with a friend. The friend say, I'm going, no. You say, go now. <laughs> the friend walks small, goes to the door. Say, I'm going, no. You say, go now. Ah, uh ah. -uh. get what I'm saying? Go, what's the boy? The friend still stands there. This is the story around the cupboard. Hmm? The story around the cupboard was that the glory did not depart until after lingering for centuries. <laughs> hey, no, I'm going somewhere with this. Oh. I'm going somewhere with this. Because now that we are in Christ Jesus, the glory has come to stay. 
We don't lose the glory. We don't miss the glory. We cannot miss the glory. Now that we are in Christ Jesus, the glory of God has come to stay. It's on the weight of this, brothers and sisters, that you can dare to dream big dreams, crazy dreams. Glory, hallelujah. But let's go back to Ichabod because a lot of people, they enjoy talking about Ichabod. They like meetings. We are Ichabod. Everybody's face is, is, is you know, squeezed. Ichabod. Ichabod. Oh, the glory has departed. Ichabod. Now listen. Ichabod was the slowest state ever to happen in the, in the old covenant. God refused to depart even when the people say, go, we don't want you. God still lingered for centuries. Hi, ah, I'm feeling this. I don't know who, who needs to hear this. I'm feeling this. The power of God is upon this. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. I have all my four faces installed. I am now living in the glory. Now, guess what? I'm showing you now, you know, because look at this. The idea behind Ichabod is that God is quick to leave. Hi. The idea behind Ichabod is, eh, don't try me. If you try me, I'm off. Eh? So I've spoken to you. You refuse to hear me. I'm out. That's the idea behind the cupboard. So you see a generation who is constantly praying, Oh, the glory, come back. Come back, Lord. Come back with your glory. Give me new glory. Eh? New glory. So they pray like that until they pass into glory. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? They never experience the glory of God in their lives. Because of wrong perception. So the glory has departed. Because in their minds, Ichabod represents the idea that God is quick to leave. God is quick to run. God is quick to abandon. God is quick to turn his back. That devil is a liar. Jesus is the Messiah. In Christ Jesus, the glory has come to stay. You are now in the glory of God with your four faces fixed. Let me give you another example. How many of you know Methuselah? You know that name Methuselah actually means until he dies. Look at what God was saying with the name Methuselah. Please, I'm, I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you this morning. What God was saying with the name Methuselah is that until he dies, I will not flood the world. That's the meaning of the name Methuselah. Until he dies, there will be no flood in the world. And then God kept elongating his life until he clocked nine centuries. Do you know what nine centuries is? Nine centuries is hundred years, nine times. That's how slow God is to anger. But people don't know that. That's how slow. Nine times, nine times, nine centuries nine centuries hundred years nine times so that name Methuselah means until he dies there will be no flood so when Methuselah turned hundred he said give him to give him another year 200 I'm waiting for the people to change then he turned 200 say ah he has read 200 already add 100 again add again God was staying any form of punishment by elongating Methuselah's life because until Methuselah dies, there will be no flood. 
This is the picture of God. But you know, Ichabod states that God is quick to leave, quick to run, quick to abandon, quick to depart, quick to separate himself from you, quick to leave you, you know, quick to show you and to teach you a lesson. You understand? We don't have the picture of God that is long-suffering, stays, never leaves, never breaks his covenant, never breaks his commitment. We have the picture of a God who is quick to abandon. In fact, people like penance. People love penance. People like this idea of, now that I have done something wrong, I have to square out for my sins. So I understand why this is happening because of what I did. If I did not do, this will not be happening. Don't worry, Lord. Punish me. Punish me, Lord. I'm ready to take my punishment. It will, it will make us even. You understand? You are the good God. I sinned. Now you are the bad God to punish me and straighten me out. It's okay. I understand. I take my place. That devil is a liar. Are you getting what I'm saying? God is faithful to his personality alone, not yours. <laughs> you understand? He does not change his personality because of your behavior. Is somebody hearing what I am saying this morning? So the glory of God cannot depart. Ichabod is the impression that he cannot wait to leave. He cannot wait to depart. At the slightest provocation, he's gone. But what Jesus came to bring us into is to restore us to the glory of God that does not depart. That stays with you forever. Abiding with you forever. So even after nine centuries, God is still not angry. Glory, hallelujah. Hundred years, nine times, God is still not angry. God is increasing the man's life because he did not want to flood the world. Let me give you a final example. You know, everybody knows Adam was cast out of the garden. It was actually the graciousness of God to keep him out of the garden. Oh, you did not know? It was the graciousness of God. Because in the falling state, if he had eaten from the tree of life, he would remain in that state forever. God had to take him out of the garden so that he doesn't in that state eat out of the tree of life. But if you want to know the compassion of God, think about how he comes down in the cool of the evening, kills the lamb, and clothes his son, even in a falling state. Now hear me and hear me real good. These things I'm sharing with you, they are the mentality that needs to be installed if you're going to do big things. Glory, hallelujah. So big, crazy dreams is a result of you living in the glory zone. I want you to type that down. I live in the glory zone. I live in the glory zone. Scripture says all have seen and falling short of the glory. But it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. The next verse says that's the reason why Jesus came. Justifying us freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So that you and I will perpetually live in the glory zone. Oh glory, hallelujah. I live in the glory zone. I live in the glory zone. The glory zone is not smoke. The glory zone is not goosebumps. The glory zone is not, is not mist and fire. Oh, the glory zone is that I have the face of a man. In other words, my soul has been redeemed and compassion has been installed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
And then I have the face of a lion. I have authority and dominion. Somebody should say that. I have the face of a lion. I have authority and dominion. In the name of Jesus, I have the face of an ox. Glory, hallelujah. I have productivity and great wealth. I have the face of an eagle. I have height. Hallelujah. Height. I have signs. I have vision. My eyes are open. And I see. I see. I hear. I know. I am led. Glory, hallelujah. Now, if you've understood this teaching, I don't need to tell you what to do after now. But after today, all right, what you ought to do is to bury yourself in this consciousness. Bury yourself in this truth. Wrap this truth around your mind by praying in the Holy Ghost. You're going to take this and then you're going to, you're going to declare in the Spirit as you pray in the Holy Ghost. So for the believer in Christ Jesus, there's no such thing as Ichabod. <laughs> Too late. No such thing as Ichabod. Stop squeezing your face. God is not angry with you. Are you getting what I'm saying? You live in the glory zone. Stop being angry with yourself. You live in the glory zone. God is not departing nowhere. He's not going nowhere. He's one Lord. He has not changed. He's the same faithful God yesterday, today, and forever. And how you're going to keep yourself from believing in lies is by eating, feeding yourself with the diet of champions. Wherever you are, I want you to lift up your voice and begin to pray in the Spirit. Listen, I said this. I said, if you understood this message, I don't need to tell you what to do. You see, what you ought to do is that if this is not a consciousness, then you will sit down with this truth, with the notes that you have written, and then you start declaring, oh, glory, hallelujah. I've been restored, redeemed. Glory to God. The glory that Adam fell from, Jesus has brought us back into. But that glory is not fire. It's not a mist. Are you getting what I'm saying? That glory is these four faces that I have shown you. And this is the foundation for birthing big, crazy dreams. Never again will you think of yourself as not being enough. Never again will you think of yourself as not being enough. Never again will you write off yourself. Hallelujah, says the Spirit of the living God. Never again will you look down on yourself. How can you be looking down on redemption? Glory, hallelujah. Redemption makes you look up. Always looking up. Always looking up. You can't be looking down on redemption. So how can you be redeemed and somebody can look down on you? The devil is a liar. Hallelujah. You have been redeemed. You have been restored to the glory zone. You now live in the glory zone. This is how we birth big crazy dreams. Hallelujah. We bet it with a consciousness that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. We have our four faces installed. Oh, glory to God forevermore. Now, guess what? I want to use this illustration to close it out. How many of you lived in those places where those annoying stuff, just pay attention to this. You live in those places where there is always phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four of power. So many times you are at home. One phase is not working. Okay? Two phases are not working. They now tell you, go and change phase. Go and change phase. So you go outside and then you check. You check. So very annoying stuff. 
Everybody in the neighborhood, all the houses, they have power. This is not power that we see all the time. This is power that comes every now and again. But guess what? All the houses have power, but your own house. All right? And then they say, go and change phase. So there are usually three or four phases. And so you change from phase one to phase two. They, you, you know, those who used to use cutouts in those days, you take the cutout and you put in the second one. And you take the cutout and you put in the third one. But now, guess what? In Christ Jesus, all four faces have lights. <laughs> hey, listen. In Christ Jesus, you don't, all four faces have lights. All four faces have power. Glory, hallelujah. I turn to phase one. Hallelujah. I bring out my compassion. I enter phase two. Glory to God. I bring out my authority and dominion. Then I turn to phase three. Hallelujah. I bring it out. I bring it out. Glory to God. I bring out my productivity and wealth. Then I turn to phase four. I bring out my heights. I bring out my ego's vision. Glory. Hallelujah. So I have phase four for heights, for visibility. No wonder somebody can be doing something nice, but nobody knows. Visibility. Brothers and sisters, you are in the glory zone. All four phases, hallelujah, have been installed in Christ Jesus. And there's no such thing as Ichabod. There's no such thing as God waiting to, to run away from you. Hallelujah. You have been brought back into oneness with the glory of God. So brothers and sisters, the next time that you think about the glory of God, don't think about slow songs. Don't think about strings. Don't think about goosebumps. Don't think about lights and smoke. No, don't think about all those things. Think about the face of a man. I have compassion. The face of a lion. Woo! I'm bold. I have authority. Glory, hallelujah. All right? This is functional stuff that I'm sharing with you. This is functional stuff. Then you think about productivity. Ah, I have ingenious thoughts and ideas. I'm ingenuity. There is ingenuity. Glory, hallelujah. I am ingenious. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, let me tell you, as I close, as I close this morning, ingenuity does not mean originality. You don't have to be the original creator to be ingenious. Ingenuity means to copy well. Now listen, 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 oh, listen. I'm not saying copy from people. I'm saying copy templates from heaven. I'm not saying look at somebody and copy what they are doing. I'm saying in the time of prayer, copy templates from heaven. God has a template for the investment industry in, in this nation. God has a template for healthcare. God has a template for entertainment. God has a template for science and technology. God has a template for chemistry. God has a template for physics. He has a template, hallelujah, for chemical science, whatever it is that you do. So in the place of prayer, your eyes are open. You have heights in the realms of the spirit. You go into the realms of the spirit and you copy templates for your business. Some of you are businesses. You will see, it's like the remaining thing is for you to snap it. You will see open visions. All right, of how you should arrange your office, how you should arrange things, what, what you should do in this regard, what you should do in this other regard. Open vision. Your eyes are open. You have the vision of an eagle. Glory, hallelujah. And you make tremendous progress. That is what is happening in this season. Wherever you are, 
I want you to lift up your voice and begin to pray in the spirit, everybody. Begin to declare in the name of Jesus, I live in the glory zone. Hallelujah. All four phases are installed. Glory to God. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. The picture of the four is that you you would strive in one and not strive in the other. You will succeed in one and not succeed in the other. Hence, the man is a fool, but he is rich. Hence, the man is poor, even though he is wise. But thanks be to God. We have all four phases. Man taka babara takadiga. Landrega sobra diga para. Ladega sabarapatakyata. We are a people of great wealth. And we are a people of compassion. We are a people of ingenuity, of productivity, of creativity. And yes, we are a people of vision. We have come into the glory zone. Christ has brought us into the glory zone. In the name of the Lord Jesus, our lives are a reflection of the glory of God, of the glory of God. Oh, thank you, dear Lord Jesus. So here's what I see. People are consulting you for your wisdom, but you are also rich. I get what I'm saying. People are consulting you for your wisdom, but you are also rich. Glory, hallelujah. What I am seeing is that people are betting great companies. Hallelujah. But they are also healthy. Hallelujah. They are not sick in their bodies. Oh, glory to God. Cancer does not take you out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Diabetes does not take you out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? High blood pressure does not take you out. You are living in the glory zone. You are holy on the inside. You are glorious on the outside. You are holy on the inside. You are glorious on the outside. Holy on the inside. Separate on the inside. Oh, glorious on the outside. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is your life. That is your life. I decree and declare birth big crazy dreams. In the name of Jesus, let concepts of the God kind flood your spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I decree and declare to you, nothing is impossible. In the name of the Lord Jesus, your eyes are open to see that the Lord to you is one Lord. In the name of Jesus, no confusion, no misunderstanding. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Lord, we give you thanks and praise. Glory to God forevermore. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello at blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Share.